What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for starting off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Arico. I am your host. I'm also the lead fantasy baseball analyst over at Sports Ethos, and you guys can find me on Twitter at JoeArico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit the follow button there. You get links to my shows, articles, different threads. Everything that I put out in terms of fantasy baseball content goes out on Twitter. And speaking of articles, I did have one go live yesterday, midday, talking about some players that you guys can add for this coming week. There's a couple of guys based on schedule that play eight games, not seven or six. They have a doubleheader plus a full rest of the week. So there'll be eight games for three different teams. We're going to talk about a couple of players to add on each team just to get a little bit of a boost there in your counting stats in the lineup. So go ahead and take a look at that article. I'm going to go over it as well on the show today, but if you are more of a visual learner, you can go check it out on my Twitter feed and at sportsethos.com. So we're going to be going through that. We're going to look back on a couple of top performers from yesterday. We're going to be looking ahead to my favorite pitching matchup today, which we'll get to uh, probably closer to the end of the show And that will be it for us. I am going to the Blue Jay game tonight, guys. I am seeing Alec Manoa. I will be there live. I had a friend message me uh, late last night saying that he had a spare ticket for the Blue Jay game. And I am all for seeing Alec Manoa. I've seen him a couple times pitch live before. uh, But this has been... Last year was the last time I saw him. I have not seen him pitch live this year. So very excited. It will be against the Orioles. I'm hoping we get a big smackdown for the Blue Jays. And that we see another patented Alec Manoa performance. So really looking forward to that. We won't give you the longest show today. It'll probably probably be around half an hour. So let's get into it. We'll start off by talking about Matt Carpenter. So Matt Carpenter went three for four yesterday. He had a double, two home runs, scored three times. He had a walk, and he knocked in seven runs. The Yankees won 18 to four over the Cubs. And Matt Carpenter has been... I mean, it's not like the Yankees even needed him, right? The Yankees were already ridiculous without him their record uh, I'm gonna pull up the, the standings right now I think they're 40 they're 44 and 16 that is crazy they're winning 73 percent of their games to this point they didn't really even need Matt Carpenter but Matt Carpenter has come he has been uh, outstanding he's played 10 games for the Yankees he's hit six home runs uh, it's really hard to have envisioned this happening going into the season and even the way the season started with Texas cutting him Never would have thought this, but he has six home runs, 13 RBIs in his 10 games. He is batting 333 for the Yankees, and he has been fantastic. <laughs> He's One thing that actually stands out to me, which is a little bit crazy here, uh, I'm not the biggest math person. I do look at a lot of statistics, but I'm not the biggest math person. But his batting average is 333. Batting average on balls in play is 182. That's very rare to see something like that. Usually... The BABIP will be a bit higher than the actual uh, batting average, but here it's a complete reversal. So that's something that will change probably, but it does show that he's not really getting very lucky. Batting 182 on balls in play, that's something that can go up. Obviously, we're not going to see this kind of power from him all season long, but if you're in a daily changes league, Matt Carpenter is really valuable. You stick him in there at home or even on the road against right-handed pitching, and there's a good chance that he's going to be able to give you a home run based on the way he's been performing recently. Obviously, he will cool off. But those home starts at Yankee Stadium against uh, right-handed pitching are very appealing for Matt Carpenter or for Matt Carpenter managers because we've seen him in the past put up borderline MVP caliber seasons. His 2018 season was ridiculous. So was 2015. We've seen him really be successful in the past with St. Louis. We'd like to see that continue here with New York. So he's only rostered in 7% of Yahoo leagues. He's someone who can be added 
right away, really. I mean, he's still available pretty much everywhere. People are starting to maybe catch on a little bit here and add him, but it's still not really a high percentage. I don't think that people are really sold that this is going to continue, but I know that there are people out there uh, among my listeners who like to just add the hot hand. You have a streaming spot in your lineup, so you pick up someone, you drop them after they cool down a little bit. So if that is the case, if you are someone, maybe you picked up like a Cole Calhoun last week or the week before to try and ride that hot hand. He's cooled down a bit. That's the move that I made in one particular league. I dropped Cole Calhoun, and I picked up Matt Carpenter. It's a 14-team category league, and I figured I'll, I'll keep riding the hot hand. We haven't really seen it so much from Calhoun, so I picked up Matt. And I like I said, this is not going to go on forever, but it's definitely uh, he's definitely someone to ride while he is performing like this. Uh, let's talk about Taewon Walker a little bit. He had a really good outing yesterday, went six innings, gave up six hits, struck out 10 angels on the road. He has been up and down a little bit. There's been a couple of rough starts at San Diego. He had a rough one against the Phillies. But overall, he's actually been really good. And the Mets have really needed that with Scherzer and DeGrom going down and Chris Bassett dealing with some stuff as well. He hasn't been performing up to the standards we've expected. And Tyler McGill, of course. They've had a lot of injury trouble and a lot of of crap go on with their team. So it's good to see, uh, at least from a Mets perspective, that they are having some success with Taewon Walker. I think that he is someone who can be used uh, in a lot of leagues, more so as a streamer, I think, but I understand he's veering into maybe 12-team territory. I, I kind of go back and forth on him. He's, over the years, been, been really good at some points, and he's been dreadful at other points. Uh, last year, he started out the season as one of the top pitchers in baseball over the first month and a half or so, a couple of months, and then he really fell off, and it was really sudden, and then he was like an immediate drop. So he's 34% rostered on Yahoo!, I do see him as being, like I said, he's a very good streaming option given the right matchup, and I think probably in a 12 or 14 team league, you can get away with rostering him as a back-end guy. I don't think he's going to make a huge difference, but I think there are some good matchup opportunities to be had that he can be streamed in for, and like I said, if you're going to have him at the back end of your rotation, I don't think he's going to hurt you too bad there. Ross Stripling had another fantastic outing. That's three in a row for him. He's the third-ranked player in category leagues over the last two weeks. I know that sounds absurd, and it sounds absurd because it is absurd because it's Ross Stripling, but over the last two weeks, he has made three appearances. He's up to 13 and two-thirds innings pitched in that time. He has three wins, eight strikeouts, no earned runs. He has been really good, and I think that he can be someone who does have value Now, not every single outing is going to be an example of that. Next time out, he does get the Yankees, and I recommend that he is firmly planted on the bench for the Yankees start. But at the same time, I think that he still should be rostered in a lot more leagues than he is. 26% on Yahoo. Even if you do have to sit him down the odd time, I think that he's worth rostering in slightly deeper leagues. So if you're looking a 14-team plus league, then I, I can see him having a spot there. If you're looking 12 and shallower, it's probably going to be a little bit harder, I would say. Not that it's impossible, and I'm, there will be streaming opportunities, like we saw this past week. If he gets great matchups again, and if you're in a shallower league, then I have no problem adding him for that time. Let's talk a little bit about Christian Walker. He went three for five yesterday. He had a single, a double, and a triple, three RBIs, scored one time, and he had a walk as well. Christian Walker has been one of my favorite players to own this season, And there is a lot of hope that it can get even better. I did a long thread about him on Twitter last week, maybe on, I think it was just before the weekend. I think it was Thursday or so. I did a thread on Christian Walker and why he is actually underperforming what he is capable of doing. 
Uh, underperforming, I mean, not really. He has 15 home runs to this point. But if you look at some of the advanced numbers, like his batting average on balls in play, which is one of my favorite stats to look at, 197. He hits the ball in play. He's only getting a hit 19% of the time. That's rough. That is really rough. The league average is typically closer to 30% of the time. So when he gets back to somewhere closer to the league average and somewhere closer to the 290 number he's been at for his career, I think we can see an even better version of Christian Walker. He's very widely available. He's still someone that hasn't really caught on. I think part of it's the fact that he plays in Arizona. But he's already shown us a couple years ago that he's capable of giving you a full season of fantasy value. It was 2019. He had 29 home runs. He scored 86 times. He knocked in 73. He batted 260. That is that is fantasy relevance. That is absolute fantasy relevance. He does play in a big ballpark in Arizona, but it has not stopped him to this point from hitting home runs. He is rostered in the, the, the 38% of Yahoo leagues. He's not someone who is really on the radar. He's the 171st ranked player for the season. He's not going to cost you a lot if you're using uh, if you're using a fab format. Probably not going to be too much. Now, we're not talking about like NFBC fab formats here. We're talking about your standard, not, not even standard. The NFBC is more the standard. But if you're talking about like a Yahoo fab format where it's about a $100 budget for the year, it depends on the format, depends on the commissioner and settings and whatnot. There's a few Yahoo fab leagues that I play in where you have a $100 fab budget, a free agent acquisition budget for those of you who don't usually play with that kind of format. You have a certain amount of money you can spend on free agents for the season. So if you are in one of those leagues and he's still available, if he is still there, that means that because your league isn't really as competitive, more likely than not. So I don't think he's going to cost you too much if you do want to go and grab him. Either it's not as competitive or it's a little shallower, but either way, I think he should be rostered in pretty much every league. Once we see the BABIP turn around, we're going to see massive power numbers. We've already seen massive power numbers, but we'll see even better. I think that he has a potential for like a 35 home run season to go along with around a 250 batting average. So definitely go and hop on there before it's too late. Uh, Robbie Ray is the next guy we will talk about. He is definitely still not up to the scratch that I would like him to be at, but he had a better game yesterday. He went seven innings. Uh, let me just pull it up here. Seven innings. He gave up three hits, gave up one walk, struck out only four, and that's been kind of a common theme with Robbie Ray this season. We're either seeing massive strikeout numbers. He's hit 10 a couple times. He has nine. He has eight a couple times. And then we've also seen a few times with three and four and five. And that is not going to cut it, especially where you drafted Robbie Ray. You drafted him for the massive strikeouts. You know, Last year, he was striking out 11.5 batters per nine innings. This year, we're at 9.39. He was only walking 2.42 batters per nine innings, which is still, uh, it's not, it's, it's pretty good. But this year, we're up to 3.24. Not good at all. He's Really, I mean, looking back on last year, it was it was a miracle season. He left more than 90% of his runners on base. The BABIP was 268 compared to his usual 303. Uh, it, was, it was a miracle season for him. So it's not something that we can expect a lot going forward. If you do go back and listen to some of my preseason shows, I did say that you should be staying away from Robbie Ray. And I was listening to a couple of those preseason shows yesterday. I think I've come quite a long way. I was pretty bad in those first few shows. The audio quality... First off, I was using the, before I got the new uh, microphone set up, I was using just a, a headset thing, and it sounds terrible. I, I sound very nervous, but if you go back, some of the takes there are actually looking pretty good so far, so if you do have any free time, if you want to explore some of the early days of the show, go back and listen to some of those uh, March shows and some of the early April ones. They're sounding pretty rough. I know we're sounding a lot better, more confident now. I've just gotten into this podcasting world a couple months back. 
Uh, so you guys had to give me a little bit of time there to get on my feet, and I think you have, which I appreciate. But those early shows do sound do sound pretty rough. Uh, I was listening to a couple yesterday, and I'm thinking, should I just take these off of streaming platforms? Should I just remove them? But they are a part of the body of work. That's why we leave them there. Like I said earlier in the show, you don't just look at trends. You look at the whole body of work. So there you go. Um, I didn't mean to segue it like that, but it works out. It all works out, guys. I should also mention, actually, while I'm remembering it, we got Kev Masarajan coming on the show tomorrow. He will be talking with us about everything from Walker Bueller, what do you do with him, what do you do with uh, your Rays reliever situation, the Red Sox bullpen. We're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff with him. So go ahead, tune in tomorrow. It will go live pretty early in the morning tomorrow. We're going to be recording that one later today, and then it will be up for you guys in the morning. So just a reminder, just a little plug. We don't usually do that here on the show. I usually just let the guests tend to come on, but I feel like I should be hyping it up. Kev is a massive Twitter presence at Rotosurgeon, and he is a really fun guy. So it's going to be a great conversation talking with him tomorrow. Make sure you set your clocks. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you do all that good stuff. So we're going to be talking now about a matchup that I'm really going to be looking at tonight. There's a couple of them that are interesting, but there's one that really interests me, and that's Sandy Alcantara and Aaron Nola. Alcantara, we've seen elite stuff over the last five, six, really the whole season, really. There was a bad start there mixed in against Seattle. Other than that, he's been pretty lights out. We've seen back-to-back outings of no earned runs. The one before that was 14 strikeouts, one earned run. He's been stupid good to the point where I even said you might want to try and sell him for someone who is a first-round caliber player rest of season. Because I'm not. you never really know with a pitcher. You never really know with anybody, but it's all, even trickier with a pitcher to predict how they're going to fare over the rest of the whole season. So if you can trade an Alcantara, this is what I was saying last week. I forget which show it was now, Thursday or something. If you can trade Alcantara for a Trey Turner, for a Jose Ramirez type, a Vlad Jr., a Bo, a Juan Soto, if anybody in those kind of top five, consensus top five picks from the season, you should go and do it. I don't know what the bites are going to be like, and depending on the league, depending on your league mates, some people might say, get the hell out of here. Some people might say, send that offer over right away. Really depends on the player, really depends on the opposing manager. So I personally think there's a little bit of room to squeak out some value there. I don't think he'll be this good all season, but I'm very interested to see how he does tonight against a Phillies team that has come alive recently. Uh, Poor Joe Girardi. He gets fired, and they go on this crazy run. Not a good couple of weeks in baseball for guys named Joe. Between Madden and Girardi, I feel uh, we're, we're, we're coming out under attack here. We're under siege. So we'll try and keep our, uh, our game at the top tier going forward. But in terms of the Phillies, like since he's been fired, they've done a really great job. I mean, if you look at the whole season in terms of runs per game, they're fifth with 4.8. They're sixth in hits per game, seventh in average, 12th in OBP, third in slugging. I mean, they've done a really good job, fourth in home runs. They are a, a very solid offense. Where they're lacking maybe a little bit there is in their pitching staff and more so in the bullpen. It's where, where there's been major problems. That lineup is not one of the problems there. They, they, they can hit between Harper and Schwarber and Castellanos. Uh, Bryson Stott really starting to pick it up. We'll talk about him in a minute. I think that you know it's a tough matchup for Alcantara. I'm really looking forward to see if he can go out there and give you a good outing. I'm a little worried, though. I'm a little worried. I think we're maybe overhyping what he's done a little bit, and I love him. Trust me, I love him. I try and watch every single start. I rostered him last year in several leagues. There were leagues where I traded for him. There were leagues where I traded him away. I, I, I love the guy. I know a lot about him. I think that he's really good. 
But at the same time, I think we're seeing the 100th percentile version of him at the moment. So I would be, I'd be a little bit cautious uh, going forward. And this start, I think, might be a little difficult for him. On the other side, we have Aaron Nola, who himself has been no slouch recently. He did have a rough start against San Francisco, but other than that, we've seen a couple of starts that sandwiched that one, which were eight in the third against Atlanta, 10 strikeouts. And then most recently, we saw eight strikeout, or sorry, eight innings, six strikeouts against Milwaukee on the road. I'm interested for Nola here. I think he's got the better chance of having a good outing because he's facing the Marlins. The Marlins, not as good of an offense as the Phillies. No, no argument needs to be had there. They're not as good of a team. They're not as good of a lineup. So I think Nola, I'm a little more interested in here. I mean, you're going to be starting both of them because that's just that's how we work as humans. You're not going to be sitting either of them. Specifically Alcantara, even though the matchup's not great, you're obviously not going to be sitting someone who has performed the way he has. So they're both going in the lineups. you got to kind of hope for the best a little bit with Alcantara because it's a tough matchup. They've been playing well recently. I'm a little nervous. Other than that, uh, that that's the main one I'm going to be keeping an eye on here anyway. Another one that will be noteworthy, actually, though, is Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn will be making his season debut tonight against the Tigers. Very interested to see what he's able to do because the Tigers have been terrible. They are they're garbage. They're an awful team. Mike Govier, if you're listening, I'm sorry, buddy, but uh, your your Tigers are not you're not a great team. Uh, for those of you who missed the shows last week, Mike Govier was on this show. I went over on his show, the Palazzo Podcast. You guys can go check those out on my Twitter feed. Uh, but he is a Detroit native. We talked a little bit about the Tigers, and the Tigers have been have been brutal uh, offensively, defensively pitching. Uh, they're 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 a bit of a mess. So Lynn is an interesting play here, but at the same time, it's his first start of the season. I don't think he'll go particularly deep in this one. So if he's on your IL, uh, definitely tempting to take him off. No question, very tempting move to take him off there. But I don't think that we can really trust him first time out. I, I would leave it. I would leave it for the first for the first start, just to see, just to see if he's fully a hundred percent. I'm going to spend the next little while, the rest majority of the rest of the show, going through my article from the weekend. I know there are some of you who probably didn't see it, so we're going to talk about some of the things that I am suggesting that we do for this week. So. We're going to start off with the schedule advantages that we have. There are three teams that play eight games, the Phillies, the Mariners, and the Nationals. All of these guys have players who are worth adding for the week and even beyond. So why don't we start with the Phillies? I think that a good target for this week is Alec Bohm. And I know a lot of people have kind of given up on Alec Bohm. He's not as hot as he was earlier in the season. But he's still a valuable asset with a good amount of power potential there. He's got four home runs, which is not the greatest, but he's a 70th percentile or better hitter in average exit velocity, hard hit rate, is expected slugging, and then his expected batting average is 85th percentile. He's played in 56 out of the 58 games so far, so you would expect him to probably not get any off days next week. There might be one, but you figure you're getting seven games out of him if you do have him for next week. can give you a bit of a boost. And I think that throughout the rest of the season, we'll see him start to develop into the player we thought he was going to be uh, going back a couple of years now. Because he started off very hot. He was batting over 300 for a while. That's fallen off a bit now. He's still a widely available player who can help you out, especially for this week. I think given the schedule matchups, I, I like him. I like adding him for this week. If you cannot get Bohm or if you want just an alternative option, Bryson Stott has been a really good play recently. So he's been he's been on quite the roll. I almost put him first and then Bohm second when I was deciding how to how to write this, but I ended up going with Bohm. I think there's a little more stability there. But in terms of Stott, he's got three home runs over the last week. He's 11 for 33 in that time. He has a steal. 
He's got a very low hard hit rate, so I don't think we're going to see too many home runs going forward. 21.9% hard hit rate. Very low. I don't think he has a ton of power. I think there is some power there, but overall, I'm a little wary about him uh, in terms of the home runs. But as of right now, he's very hot. He's someone who can be added and probably play, I'm thinking probably six games next week. So he's someone who should be a target of yours. I know that he has been a popular ad these last couple of days. But he's still someone uh, who is available in most leagues. He is 12% rostered on Yahoo. He is, sorry, 16%. He's gone up to the 12% when I wrote this yesterday. He's gone up to 16, 5.2% on ESPN. He's been playing every day. I think that he's a really solid choice for this upcoming week based on the schedule, but also based on his performance. We move on to the Seattle Mariners now. Diego Castillo is the player that I am recommending you add for the Mariners. He has had a couple of iffy outings, which has shaken up his ERA and put his ranking number pretty low. So when I wrote this, the ERA was 5.57. It is now 5.32. He had a scoreless inning over the weekend. God bless. He has three wins. He has four saves. Really good stuff there. But if you look, and that's for the whole season. If you look recently, he has two wins and two saves over the course of the past two weeks. He and Paul Sewell are kind of both the trusted man at the back end of the pen there. I think he's bound to have a couple of high leverage opportunities this week, and I think that he should be added if you're seeking a little bit of bullpen help. Like I said, there's a couple of bad appearances that he had in early May that really killed his ERA, but he's not this this bad, five-plus ERA bad. He's actually quite a bit better than that. We saw it last year with the Rays, and not so much once he was traded, but he's still someone uh, specifically in the short term while he's in the circle of trust that you should be adding. Uh, Cal Raleigh, I think it might be Rayleigh, but I'm pronouncing it Raleigh based on the city in, in Carolina. Uh, that's how it's spelt. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. He is the catcher for the Mariners. He's been playing quite a bit recently. He's got six home runs in his 61 at-bats this past month. The batting average is ugly at 174, but you're really not adding him for batting average for one. He's a catcher. You're adding him for the little bit of a power, uh, power boost. But we've also seen a 265 average from him over the last two weeks. So that's really nice. The BABIP is due to turn around a little bit. He's only at 173. Which is, which is pretty brutal, but it'll turn itself around uh, as long as he keeps playing and keeps seeing time in that lineup. Strikeout percentage needs to get a little bit better. It's at 33, but he was closer to 22% in the minors, so hopefully he sees a little bit more major league pitching. We see that number turn around. It's a weak catcher position. I know that some people have lost Tyler Stevenson recently. They're looking for a replacement. I think Raleigh's a decent option, specifically given the schedule this next coming week. Now, catchers are not going to play every single day, but there is a good chance that he does play, I'm thinking, probably five of the games. Um, It's hard to predict exactly. It might be six, might be five, but it'll be somewhere in that range anyway. Uh, Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas is someone who has been on a heater recently. He's someone who... Is seeing his roster percentage go up and up and up, and I need to actually recheck it because from the time I wrote this article, it's only gone up 3% actually. It was 10% when I wrote the article. He's up to 13 right now, but he has been on a heater uh, over the last two weeks. He is 15 for 42, three home runs, six RBIs. It's a 357 batting average for those of you who are interested. He does have a little bit of speed. He stole six bases last year over a similar playing, uh, a similar amount of at-bats as he's had to this point. 226 last year, he had six steals. 162 to this point, he only has one. So there's a little bit more uh, pop in those legs than what we have seen so far. I'm looking at him as a good ad for this week, yes, based on schedule, but again, also because he's just been scorching and he's someone who should not be on waiver wires while he's performing like this. 
Uh, Michael Franco is the alternative target I have for the Nationals. He's been very hot. He's 321 over the last couple of weeks, 17 for 53. A couple of home runs, 13 runs plus RBIs. Very solid production for someone very widely available. 8% on Yahoo, 7% on ESPN. Definitely deeper league, but when you mix in the schedule factors for this upcoming week, I think you guys should give him a look. I think that Franco should be given a look, especially you got injury stuff. You got whatever's going on. Guys sitting. Uh, if you do have a spare bench spot, I think Franco is a decent place. Yes, uh, 12-team leagues, it's going to be kind of hard to do that. But if you are in a deeper format, he is someone who I would be paying attention to. Let's talk about some two-start pitchers for this week. Very tricky. You guys know uh, I actually stayed away from it kind of last week in my article. I put Connor Pilkington in there as a good option for two starts, and of course he only got the one. It tends to happen that way more so than you would hope. If you look at the CBS article that Scott White puts out every Saturday or so, I think they updated throughout the weekend, of two-star pitchers, uh, a lot of the time it ends up being vastly different at the end of the week than it looked at the beginning of the week. There are factors that include the rain, managers not giving a shit about us fantasy managers, which is understandable. They have jobs to do that are beyond fantasy championships, but they don't care about us. They'll push a guy back. They'll bring in a bullpen day. They'll do whatever. So that is another factor there. A lot of stuff goes on that can really affect uh, your two-start ads for the week. Specifically in a weekly changes league, you have to be very careful about these two-start pitches. But let's get into a couple of my preferred targets. Now, the first one that I'm going to mention, the first name, is someone who I'm more confident that they will be getting the two starts than the other guys. And the reason is that they play for the Phillies and they got eight games this upcoming week. So let's talk about him. Zach Eflin, he has been kind of up and down a little bit. He had a gem against the Dodgers where he struck out 12. He's had a couple of real shitters that both came against the Mets. The Mets rocked him around a couple of times. If it wasn't for that over the last month, we'd probably see him as being one of the top fantasy players if he had been able to get through the Mets. The Mets rocked him around two separate times, and it was not pretty either time. He did go six innings in the most recent one, but before it was only four and a third. Uh, the strikeouts were down in those games, so I don't know. The Mets, the Mets really got to him. But if you look at the other outings he's had recently, so... He had a four-inning game against Milwaukee. He struggled with control a little bit. He gave up just a one run, though. It wasn't terrible. Before that, we had eight innings against the Angels, which was great, six strikeouts. Then we had a Mets start in there. Before that, we have the seven-inning, 12-strikeout game against the Dodgers. Over the course of the last month or so, we've definitely seen positive trends from him. So if you do, if you do exclude those bad divisional outings against the Mets, uh, it's, he's looked very good. And if you look at the matchups for this upcoming week, we've got Miami and then Washington, two of the best matchups you could have uh, going into a week. Specifically, if you're a National League pitcher, it's about as good as you can do. So Eflin, for me, is a, is a massive target this week. He's, the, he's my priority ad for this week. Alex Wood is the number two guy we're talking about here. He's become kind of a mainstay in my articles recently between two-start weeks and preaching patience with him. We did see him give a good start his last time out against the Rockies. He's someone who... I like uh, maybe a little bit more than the average person, but I think based on the matchups here, you got to be adding him. He gets the Royals tonight, and then he gets the Pirates later in the week. He's 60% rostered on Yahoo. It has gone up since I've written this article, but go and get him while you still can. 60% is not 100%. Almost half the leagues out there, he's still in. He needs to be added. San Francisco knows what they're doing with pitching. We saw it more so his last time out against Colorado. Seven innings, one run, five strikeouts. He dominated. 
Go pick them up while you can. KC and then Pittsburgh later this week. It's matchup heaven. Last guy we'll talk about, and then we'll wrap it up today. A little bit of a shorter show. Alex Fido. He is someone who should be added as well. He gets the White Sox tonight. Or actually, I think they may have pushed him back to tomorrow. He uh, Let me just double check that real quick. Because when I looked at that Lance Lynch start, I didn't think we were seeing uh, Alex Fado there. Yeah, he's been moved back to tomorrow. So... We're pushing it a little bit now in terms of the two starts. Uh, we got to get a little bit lucky for him to get those two. It might not happen. Uh, if you're in a weekly changes league at this point because of him getting pushed back there, I'd probably pause. Uh, if you're in a daily changes league and you want to add him for his start, which should still be against the White Sox. Yeah, it'll be against the White Sox. If he does get a second start, it'll be against Texas. Uh, so if you are in the daily changes leagues, I would say hold off until tomorrow when he's pitching. We'll see if it even does happen to be tomorrow or what happens with the Tigers. Uh, they're kind of a wild card. That kind of sucks, man. Uh, you put a lot of effort into, into research and whatnot. And then, uh, see, it was like I said off the top before. I hadn't looked at that. I didn't know when I hit the record button that uh, the Tigers had done that with him. So frustrating, to say the least, guys. Uh, <laughs> frustrating when you spend a lot of time researching who you should you include, who should you suggest, and then uh, A.J. Hinch goes and does this kind of thing. Not fun, guys. Not particularly fun. Anyway, I think that he should still be added for that White Sox start. The White Sox have been shithouse for a lot of the year. The lineup has not been great. Go ahead and pick him up when he does get the start. Maybe wait until closer to game time for confirmation because he's not a massive commodity, about 10% rostered. See what you can do in terms of stretching it out and see if you could maybe stream in a couple guys before him or a guy before him today. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm just kind of lost faith in the Tigers now based on that. Assuming he'll go tomorrow, but if it's Wednesday or if it's Thursday, I don't know. I, I don't know, guys. Uh, it may not happen. The two starts probably isn't going to happen, honestly, the more I look at it here. So, yeah, he's going to be pretty much – he's not going to be as valuable. He's still going to have some value against the White Sox, but uh, definitely nowhere near as valuable as with the two starts. Shit. Shit, 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 and shit. That that will do it for us today, guys. I'm sorry about that Alex Fajardo thing. I'm disappointed. I added him in a couple of leagues myself. Uh, I know that A.J. Hinch doesn't care because we've talked about this many times. They do what they want. They don't worry about us. Not that they should worry about us. they got a lot more important things to do than worry about fantasy baseball managers and fantasy baseball writers. They don't care about us. But at the same time, I'm a little sore about it. I'm a little sore about it. We will hit you back here tomorrow. We'll have Kev Masarajan on. He will be talking to us about some Dodgers stuff. We'll be talking about some Red Sox. We will get into a little bit of everything, maybe not just baseball. Maybe we'll talk about some other stuff as well. So go ahead and make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tune into tomorrow's show. Hit the follow button on Twitter, at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Never miss any links to my shows, articles, different threads that I do throughout the day. Go ahead, hit the follow button there. Do all that good stuff, and we will see you again tomorrow. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>